Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Few things are more synonymous with summer than baseball. As we continue along with our summer series, Hometown Histories, we welcome back Chris Bauer to talk about the first pioneer in America's pastime. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Missing Chapter Podcast. I'm Phil Hornder here with Phil Schaff. We're brewing uh, one of our favorites today. We actually, uh, our guest speaker today was nice enough to run out and get some coffee uh, in preparation for his podcast today. And we put in a request, Phil, for some uh, some dark Adirondack from Utica. Top five favorite coffee. Absolutely. Right here. We hadn't had it in a while. Um, so we kind of were craving it and Chris picked it up, which was really nice. And we said in the intro, you know, as, as summer kind of winds down, um, you know, you think of baseball in summer and even though it's, you know, we're going back to school, Phil, um, the baseball season's not coming to an end. In fact, you know, we're, we're going to be into the playoffs and, and arguably the most important part of the season living in an area of, of the state and the country that we've been, you know, blessed to live in. We've talked about quite a bit. We're a short drive from Cooperstown. You know, that's part of our hometown history. And um, there's just so many different things to touch on and to discuss uh, in today's podcast episode. So there's a lot to look forward to. And I think I I think people at home who are especially baseball fans or sports fans or, you know, American history fans, you know, are going to really relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've had you on a couple of times, Chris. So it's our pleasure to have you on yet again to talk about. Uh, hometown history. So go ahead, take it away. Yeah, guys, it's so great to be back. Um, I don't think the audience quite recognizes how many episodes I've sat in on those. Yeah. So it doesn't really feel like <laughs> I'm back. It just feels like another episode. Um, but this episode has been kind of waiting in the wings for a long time, I, almost a year now. I think it was last spring when I was seeing both you guys just passionately talking about baseball. Um, as you said, summer represents baseball to so right. many people. And um, it's such a good feeling. And so I did a lot of research and I was like, well, how can I mix baseball and give, give, give you guys a nice baseball episode with something historical, something noteworthy and fun. Um, and so I just did some quick research. I think I Googled like famous people in the Mohawk Valley and here comes up this name, Bud Fowler. And I, I got to be honest, the research for this guy was painstaking because so many sources gave contradictory, like contradicting evidence, history, Stuff that it just didn't mesh, and so I almost dropped the episode altogether. I was like, okay, but well, I yeah. remember that actually. I remember yeah. you coming to us and saying, "Hey guys, listen, I, I the, the information I'm getting is so conflicting. I think we're just going to scrap it for now." And it's probably one of the reasons why it's taken uh, over yeah. a year. Yeah. So, so what I did was I'm thinking, 
Well, if anyone has good, viable information on this guy, it's going to be the Cooperstown Hall of Fame. Right. So shot them an email and they responded with an abundance of information. I mean, the, this one lady sent me 200 and something pages of PDF newspaper clippings, articles, just all this stuff. Um, a lot of biographical information. So, And some of the irony here, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, yeah. was Bud Fowler um, put in, enshrined in the Hall of Fame this summer? Yes. Yes. He was just part recently. of this recent class. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Towards the yep. end, I'll, I'll, we'll talk a little bit more okay. about that. Um, but let's kind of dive into a, to his story. Um, again, I think something I really like about this is that it mixes our local history with some civil rights and, and just breakthrough pioneering national history. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the year 1858. Um, whom we call now Bud Fowler was born John Jackson in Fort Plain, New York. So he's actually John Jackson Jr., born to John W. Jackson Sr. and Mary Lansing Jackson. Um, James A. Riley, he's a historian, a researcher of what was then called the Negro Leagues. He identified uh, John Jackson's dad as a fugitive hop picker and someone who escaped slavery down south and migrated up north to New York. And this is where the evidence was like, one source would say that his dad uh, fled the South and fled slavery and, and came to New York. But a lot of other sources said he was just born in New York. So I didn't mm -hmm. know where to go with this. So ultimately, I think what may have happened is he may have, his family may have originated down South and then and migrated up North at some point. But I don't think it was his actual father. His father was a hot picker. But there's not enough evidence for me to really, in good faith, say he escaped from down south. Yeah, Only right. a couple sources say that. And I think it may have been extrapolation or exaggeration. But it's possible, quite possible, that his family at one point did come from down south. Mm -hmm. And just to give our listeners some proximity to where we're located in, in Canajoharie. Yeah. We, we teach at Canajoharie High School. Fort Plain, if you're not familiar with the Mohawk River, is west of us three miles Three miles, I mean, there 10 are, minute drive. Right, it's, yep. You know, it's Canajoharie Fort Plain is, is the rivalry in all of our sports. And and this is certainly local history for us. And, yeah. and because of the size of the schools, we've actually combined Correct. Uh, yep. in certain sports in certain yeah. respects. For almost yeah. two decades, I, I remember some of our athletic programs being um, just merged together, such as wrestling, swimming. You mm -hmm. coached Fort yep. Plain athletes. Some of your best athletes were from Fort Plain. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so by the time Bob Fowler was born, his dad was also a barber. And that might not sound like that has much to do with this, but trust me, it will hold on to that tidbit of information. Um, keep in mind that being a barber was a profession that was distinctly middle class in the black community at this time. So it, it was quite prestigious and, and you were really kind of the glue of the social element in, in the black community in the late 1800s. Um, so his dad learned this profession and uh, raised Bud Fowler. But at the age of three, the entire family moved to Cooperstown. We don't know why. Baseball by no means was a motivating uh, influence as from any of the research I've, I've gathered. But Bud Fowler at this point would attend a primary school alongside mostly white students, being one of only 28 people of African descent in Cooperstown. So again, the facts are foggy. Um, but we do know that it's in the birthplace of baseball that uh, Bud Fowler would be exposed to the sport of baseball. And he grew exceptionally good pretty quick. Uh, he played on a lot of young teams. And records indicate that Jack would call his teammates Bud or Buddy. And this is where the name Bud Aha. stuck. That's that was great. one of my That's questions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And again, what's such a characteristic thing about this, this story is that the surname Fowler, nobody – knows 
where that came from or why it stuck to him. Even the information I got from the Cooper Sound they said, we don't know. We don't know. We just know it happened at the same time as he adopted the name Bud. Um, and so, again, some things are going to be truly lost in the midst of time, and we're just going to have to kind of accept that. But it's between the ages of 14 and 17, Bud Fowler became undeniably really good, really good at baseball. Um, word was quickly spreading about his potential in the game. And at the ripe old age of 14, Bud Fowler would join and in, in basically star in his all-white club based in Pennsylvania, 1872. So he was playing professional baseball at the age of 14. In Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania. Okay. Yes, because word um, in Cooperstown, just the right people, right connections, were saying the right things. And he got a shot, and he uh, he joined a ball club in Pennsylvania. Wow. And so at that moment, crazy enough, he would cement himself as the first African-American professional baseball player ever in the United States. Um, And, and I think doing more research, MLB states that the year 1869 was the founding year of professional baseball in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that was when the Cincinnati Red Stockings were formed. Um. The National Association of Baseball Players formed in the early 1860s. They had over 400 baseball teams uh, playing underneath them. And so uh, in 1877, Bud Fowler was recruited to play for the Lynn Live Oaks in Massachusetts. Now, they were a professional team uh, in New England under the National Association um, of Baseball Players in the National League. So there was the National League first. The American League would come later. And I, I even... I didn't realize quite how young the MLB truly was being formed in the year 2000. Uh, Again, the National League was formed April 22nd, 1876, the American League in 1901. And from 1903 to 1960, both leagues would field eight teams apiece. And in 2000, both leagues would be dissolved as entities and the MLB would become the single overall league governing all professional baseball. I guess I was unaware of that completely. Yeah, same, and, same. And you know no what? Idea. I'm falling into like 2000. I don't know if it's I'm showing my age, but that feels like <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, 100%. Rather than 22 years ago. Um, yeah, that's wow, actually that's that's amazing. a missing chapter right there. I, I, I had no idea that it was officially founded in 2000. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Now, does that mean that they're the overriding authority that would be professional baseball at every level? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and so from here on, 1878, uh, Fowler was primarily playing with the, uh, this team in Lynn, Massachusetts. And the sad part of this is that at this time, obviously racism was rampant all throughout the country, North, South, um, and sadly in, in baseball. And so because of Fowler's heritage, this forced him to become really into a more nomadic career than his white contemporaries had to endure. Uh, despite this adversity, though, one of his his most notable accomplishments with this team was actually pitching a victory against the Boston Redcaps, who were the defending champions of the National League. So this guy certainly had talent, and it was being noticed. You said 1878? Yes, 1878. To kind of go with what you just said, Chris, you're talking a little over a decade removed from the U.S. Civil War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's yes. playing with white players. Yes. Now, again, as we'll go into, some of these teams are a little more tolerant of mm-hmm. him than others. I think a lot of the owners and managers of these clubs certainly wanted him on the team, but sometimes the backlash from the members who were already – I mean, again, remember, these teams are majority white. So right. the, the, team, 
the teammates are up in arms about him being on the team. That's going to be hard as a owner. What do you do right. in this time? But when you, you know? said 1878, I'm thinking, but that's that's even early by, yeah, you know, segregation and civil rights. I mean, right. you're you're way before the days of you know the Civil Rights Act, and, yeah. which is one reason why I, I, mean, I, I this love is this amazing. story so much. Yeah. And I'm like, how have we never heard this wow. before? Yeah, perfect for the Missing Chapter podcast. Um, and so from 1878 for the next four years. He would bounce from club to club throughout New England and even Canada, performing really well, but never really sticking to a club, again, for the more obvious reasons, in hindsight. Uh, one team he was on, the Ontario Maple Leafs specifically, had a lot of players that objected to his presence on the team. Hmm. And so due to this, Bud moved to the Midwest. And he, he played for uh, two teams, one in Ohio and one in Stillwater, Minnesota, where Characteristic, once again, he would perform really well. Uh, he would shine on the baseball field, but unfortunately, the club itself found itself disbanding for financial reasons, and that was all beyond the player's control. But this wasn't the end for Bud Fowler's nomadic baseball career. Not yet. It was in Keokuk, Iowa, where there had not been a professional baseball team since 1875. But around 1885, local businessman R.W. Nick Curtis, who became the chief force behind starting a new team, hired Fowler for it. So Johnny Peters, he was the manager of the, uh, the the club that disbanded in Minnesota, and he had nothing but good things to say about Fowler, and he helped him basically connect with this new manager of the uh, Keokuk Hawkeyes. So I don't know what it is about Iowa and their Hawkeyes, but this pre-MLB team mm -hmm. was also named the Hawkeyes. And so Fowler and his pitching became one of the most popular uh, sources of, of entertainment on this team and in the local area in general. The, uh, the local newspaper, the uh, Keokuk Gate City and Constitution, described Fowler as a great ball player, a tireless hard worker, genius on the ball field, intelligent, a gentleman, uh, perfect in his conduct, and deserving of the good, op good opinion entertained for him by baseball admirers everywhere, but especially here. Um, the team or the league that the uh, Keokuk Hawkeyes was part of, the Western League, Again, folded for financial reasons. I, I believe at this time it's safe to say that we had a lot of clubs kind of rising and falling really quickly. Right. A lot of, you know, the, the contracts weren't anything like they were nowadays. So. Right. Sponsorships, getting right. people in the, yeah, in the stands. Yep. Right, right. And so Bud Fowler, he's playing great baseball everywhere he goes, but not really finding a lot of stability for various reasons. I mean, none of the players are for the financial reasons that teams are, you know, popping in and going and rising and falling. But then you add the element of being the only of one of the only African-American players too. And it's gotta be twice as hard for this guy right. to just do what he loves and what he's really good at. I, I find it interesting whenever you describe the write-ups he's receiving, it's not just his physical ability, yeah. his ability to yeah. play baseball, but they reference his etiquette and his demeanor, which was second to none. They, right. He really it's, stood out for just that. Yep. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of all the prejudice, it was it was the fact that he was almost forcing their hand to accept <laughs> them. You know what I mean? By not by by physical force, yeah, but by action, by by his demeanor, by his um, gentleman ways. You know, like it, he they, gave them. They eventually respected him. Right, well, yeah, he gave him no reason to dislike him or to you know distrust him by any right. means, uh, him or his teammates. So his oh, character enough. almost outshined his yeah. athletic ability. Because maybe would you? I mean, I'm kind of maybe getting a little ahead of myself here. But would you say <laughs> if um, if he didn't have those character traits, do you think he would have been so successful? Would they have really 
wanted him to be on the team? Oh, let's be real. Absolutely right? not. Because okay. in this time of American history, I'm sure a lot of these players and owners would almost be looking for any reason right. to beat he, this he's guy not, He's yeah. not going to be given the same flexibility no. as as the white ball players. No. I mean, it's no. it's almost a mirror image of what you hear about with Jackie Robinson. Right. 100%. Is right. that he had to be on a different level yeah. on and off the field. Yes. And it's funny because of that the scrutiny. Because right, we'll be right. talking about that a little bit. Uh, but after his uh, baseball chapter in Iowa, Bud would then offer services to professional teams based in Topeka, Binghamton, Santa Fe, Greenville, Galesburg, Lucen, Adrian Lansing, and Michigan. So again, he was going all over the country to pursue his passion for baseball. Um, I mean, really migrating from almost one end to another. In, in those list of places I just mentioned, he went from Michigan to Nebraska to New York. He played in Binghamton. He came back to New York. Mm-hmm. To play in a, you know, in the southern tier, pretty much wherever the the ball teams were able to survive. Right, 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 right. He, exactly. he traveled to wherever the game was being played. Yeah, and so right. one would ask, how does he fund such endeavors? How does mm. a player get the money to travel like this, to feed himself, and, and just to live life? Right, mm. and this is where his dad's skill set of being a barber came in. Uh-huh. Throughout every single club he he played for and wherever he migrated to to play baseball on the side he was also a barber mm-hmm. for you know the local african-american population but also for a lot of a lot of white people mm-hmm. and and they he was so skilled at it that the majority of the money he made was not from baseball he did not get rich by playing baseball he, and a lot of those people didn't i mean no. a lot of those athletes did not get rich from playing baseball in right. those early days right yeah. so the majority of all the funds he ever received and all the money he ever made was because of his dad Wow. And that skill set he learned as a child right here in Fort Plain in Cooperstown, New York. Um, so that that upbringing, those deep roots right in here in our local area are what allowed him to have this illustrious career. And an illustrious career he really did have. Uh, at some point, I'll, I'll, we'll post the uh, picture of his stats mm-hmm. when this podcast uh, comes out so that people can see exactly just how good he was. Um, because in almost every stop he had, his batting averages were almost always over 300 mm-hmm. in almost maybe 40% of his teams, he batted over 400. That's insane. So, I mean, even in my, by my modern standards, I mean, come on, guys. That's, right. It's that's one of the good. great things about baseball is that you can take a look at statistics yeah. and, you know, compare one generation to the next. Right, right. right. Um, but sadly, ultimately, you know, the times would dictate Bud's career. And uh, after about 10 years, he would retire. But in those 10 years, he set history. Uh, being the longest career African-American professional baseball player up to that point. And that would be a record that wouldn't be surpassed up until Jackie Robinson, who came on the scene down the road. Uh, Bud Fowler played in 464 professional games, wow. which is a huge number wow. for that era, especially. Um, and he helped pave the way for over 70 other African-American players in, in his day to join professional ranks. He, uh, there were attempts to try to join or, or create black leagues, that ultimately I think were unsuccessful. You know, people were willing to tolerate African-American players in the leagues, but to have all African-American, you know, teams, that was still a bit kind of pushing it, I think. Uh, it was ambitious, and I think ultimately it was a righteous thing, but he didn't really have the the financial backing or the, the push from the people he would needed to have won over to really get that done. Right. Um, but, yes, over 70 uh, other black players in his day were able to join the professional ranks kind of inspired by him none of them had nearly the success he did mm-hmm. but regardless um still a great legacy and so retiring he would end up moving back to frankfurt new york 
Okay. Um, which is about maybe what, 25, yeah. half an hour away. Right up west the river. Of here. Yep. yep. And uh, he had a lot of his family there. His sister, whom he was especially close to, uh, lived there. And he spent the rest of his life in a, kind of just living a, a quiet, peaceful life. Nothing crazy, nothing, no real highs or by no means anything really low. But he'd passed away in February 25th of 1913. And as of the year 2013, uh, the Cooperstown Hall of Fame made February 25th National Bud Fowler Day, at least in the baseball wow. world. It's not necessarily something recognized by the White House, but uh, right. for um, baseball aficionados everywhere, they certainly know this name. Um, and re- what was really cool, and Phil, we're talking about this a little bit this morning, but it was November 5th of 2021, where he was both nominated and then selected for the uh, National Baseball Hall of Fame um, in Cooperstown. And so he would receive 12 out of the 16 votes required for that nomination. And uh, he was successfully elected to it. And that was announced December 5th, 2021. And he's now cemented in baseball lore and history for as long as the sun endures, you know? And so, I mean, such a cool story because once again, right here, Fort Plain, this yeah. remarkable individual was born. And yet I had never heard of this guy's name up until trying to do this research. And even finding the initial stuff, I'm thinking this guy, the evidence is so contradicting that maybe he's not even really real. <laughs> some people didn't say, some sources say, he didn't, well, he wasn't born in Fort Plain. He was born in New York and all this stuff. But the Hall of Fame, they got the real sources down. And what a remarkable baseball player and someone that we can look back on and be just admire for his character uh, and certainly his passion and excellence when it comes to baseball. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, like you said, to be enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's only yeah. fitting. I'm so... After hearing your story, I'm surprised it took that long. I'm surprised 12 out of 16 votes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, better late than never. It's appropriate. Yeah. And hopefully, as people listen to this podcast, as people do their research, as they find out, oh, Bud Fowler, you know, being enshrined to the Hall yeah. of Fame, they want to learn more about who he was, what he stood for. Then this story, you know, will, yeah. will shed more light on, by all accounts, the real pioneer here. Right. You know, for African-American. Right. I mean, to me, think of like what, Roberto Clemente, Jackie right. Robinson, these names that just, you know, resonate Don in our hearts. Yep. Yeah. Um, but before all of them and the one who set the yeah. stage for these great names and great, great men uh, was none other than Bud Fowler. And so if anyone in the audience ever wants to get the information that um, the Cooperstown Hall of Fame sent us, just reach out. We'd be more than willing to share that and uh, make this story a little less uh, unknown, a little more popular. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Over the last two seasons, we've enjoyed bringing unknown stories from history to you every weekend. Now it's your turn to bring a story to us. Every town in every corner of the world has a story, and its history is our history. Tell us the story about your hometown and what makes it special or unique. 
We're calling it Hometown History. Who or what is your town known for? Tell us your hometown story either in an email or a voice message from our Facebook page. Phil and I will choose one hometown's history to research and profile in a full episode of Season 3 of The Missing Chapter. And we'll contact you to be a part of it. Every hometown has a story. The next chapter we add to the history textbooks could be yours. All right, Chris, I got to say from uh, this side of the microphone to, to hear your story was was fantastic. So I'm assuming that the listeners thoroughly enjoyed this, too. And I, I, I will also admit my my parents who live outside of St. Johnsville, the, it, for anyone who doesn't know this area very well, all these small rural communities, they almost merge together into one. Everybody yeah. knows each other from yeah. one community to the next. Um, you know, I, I actually went to Little Falls High School. My sisters went to St. Johnsville. Um, we live just outside of St. John's, but my parents' address is actually Fort Plain. Yeah. So the Fort Plain <laughs> community, we, we kind of all know. I would, I would wager to think that the vast majority of Fort Plain people have never heard of Bud Fowler. And right. what's, what's very interesting to me is on the flip side of that, uh, graduating from Little Falls, um, we played Frankfurt and they've had some fantastic ball players come out of Frankfurt, yeah. New York. Yeah. And it's this tiny little community, but we've all also had, um, some rivalries between some of those smaller communities with with Frankfurt. So the fact that he grows up in, in or was born in Fort Plain, uh, ends up passing and, and living out his years in Frankfurt, and <laughs> no one really seems to acknowledge that up until uh, up until about last year right. that you said the Hall of right. Fame acknowledges that right. uh, is it, unbelievable. And I in in the as you were talking, I, I found something here that I want to I want to mention because I, I really do want to highlight the fact that his character really is what not just excelled him, but really propelled his, his athletic career. Too. Absolutely. Because yeah. as I'm looking at some of these sources, it says um, he faced similar obstacles all over the place, including Binghamton, yep. where the Boston Herald reported that the players of the Binghamton club have been each been each fined $50 by the directors for having refused to go upon the field six weeks ago, unless Fowler was removed. So, so case in point, right? Think about that. And that was not the last team he played baseball for. Right. He kept going. He was not dissuaded by that adversity. And and his teammates too. I'm sorry right. to interject. No, his no. teammates too were also like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And I think those who were in close proximity to him saw who he was beyond baseball. And they couldn't help but respect and ultimately love the guy. And that's what I that's what keeps resonating with me as you yeah. were talking about that from the uh, just before the break. And then as we were talking off air. Right. It's it's as if like his excellence on and off the field really overrode any sort of prejudice that anyone else had. Yeah. And, and I think we can all take such inspiration from that, because ultimately that's who what we have when we go to bed is our character. Right. Is our legacy and who we are and what we do and how we respond to things that are beyond our control. And so for the town of Fort Plain, which certainly has a rich baseball tradition in and of itself with, you know, Craig Phillips being a legendary coach around here, uh, two state titles. I don't know how many section titles, a lot. Um, take pride in this, this awesome individual. Uh, so, so awesome and so awesome for reasons beyond baseball being born from your, your, you know, in your town yeah, and uh, something that we can all take pride in being from this local area. And just as, as humans and as Americans, I feel like this is a great story. Uh, perfect for the times. And, and of course, baseball is the medium by which this comes. And yeah, you're right. And the fact that it's baseball and not another sport. I mean, you, you forget, yeah. I mean, Binghamton is 
well above the Mason Dixon line, well not an area above. that I would think, right. you know, had, right. had racist uh, tensions or, or at least what Phil, you just shared, but the fact that he was breaking through in the game that eventually would become America's game, America's past, yeah. you know, there, yeah. there's some, some significance there too. And I always think, you know, as you study history, it's sports mm-hmm. and it's the military where you tend to <laughs> see those racial barriers fall. Yeah, because if yeah. you're fighting next to someone or playing next to someone on the same team, you're going to start to respect that person for their abilities yeah. and look at them less based on the color of their skin. And that was really well said. I couldn't agree any more strongly with that. Uh, one thing that really earns my admiration of Bud Fowler even more is that the recognition and the admiration that is now coming his way, he never saw. Mm-hmm. He never saw that. He, ne- he, he wasn't looking for it. Because if he was looking for it, surely that would have been a, a futile exercise mm-hmm. uh, because of just, again, the times he lived in. But he pursued it nonetheless, um, still while making money using the skill set that his dad gave him. It's just there's so many themes in this one small story. Mm-hmm. We could make this an hour long podcast if we really wanted to, if we really right. wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I even go over my own notes, I the admiration for this man just keeps increasing uh, for so many reasons. And I think that's ultimately that's, that's what we wanted the missing chapter to be. Mm -hmm. That was the goal was to educate, but also to go deeper than just telling stories. It it tells human stories that we can all resonate with and uh, draw inspiration from for life. Yeah. And I think this is, this is going to encourage people to go to the Cooperstown hall of fame. Yes. The national baseball hall of fame, go to some of these areas and, and, you know, pay homage to, yeah. you know, the, the barriers that, that mm-hmm. people like Bud Fowler has broken. So, Chris, thank you for coming on with us again. Great to have you back, Chris. Anytime, guys. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Phil Horinder. And I'm Phil Schaff. And I'm Chris Bauer. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.